and we had an opportunity to kind of go through that book together. And this morning, we're starting a new series, and this new series is called Move to Blank from Blank. And with each week, we're going to be filling in those blanks with a few, a few different words. Uh, before we get into that this morning, I wanted to just remind you, if you're a guest with us today, uh, if you could take a few moments to fill out this connection card, you'll find it right in the queue in front of you. And uh, there's a little rack in front of you with a pen. If you could take a few moments to fill that out, we want to be able to greet you. And of course, if you've got any questions or anything, we want to be able to, to call you up and let you know, answer your questions, hopefully. But if you could just take a few moments to fill that out, that would be great. And of course, on the back side of that, are prayer requests and praise reports. So if you put in a prayer request, um, you can put it either for confidential leadership only or for public for the church. We pray over these every Wednesday night, and we're beginning to see some great answers to prayer, and many of you are putting those prayer requests into the box, so I thank you for that. And know that we are calling out your name and calling out your situation every Wednesday, and believing that God's going to work miracles. So if you have a praise report, even, you can put that on here, too, because some of, sometimes we, we pray and we pray for things, but we never hear the praise report. We're not sure. If God has done anything there as well. So if you could take a few moments to fill that out, know that we are taking those and praying over them and really believing God with you for those requests and those needs. Um, so on Wednesday nights, also, you're welcome to join us for that prayer. We come together, we pray together, uh, we have a, usually a short lesson, a little bit of worship, and then we just pray over all of these needs. And uh, we'd love to have you come out with us and pray with us. And of course, we also have anointing oil when we lay on hands if there's people who need uh, prayer for healing and other things. So I want to encourage you to be a part of that Wednesday night at 7. And then today, we're doing our Together Again event, our second one. And last time we went, we met at the Sandwich Beach. And I had a fire on the beach there. And this week, we're at Nye Park in North Falmouth. It's, uh, I think it's 4 Chester Street is the, the address. But basically, if you take left out of here and just keep going, you're going to run into this park. Uh, there's a basketball court there. There's a playground and everything. And uh, we're going to do that at 5 p.m. today, so please come out with us and uh, have a great time. We're going to be providing uh, lunch meat and bread and, and condiments and things like that, plates. And so if you want to bring a side, that would be great. Bring your favorite chair or maybe a yard game if you have that. That would be great, and we're just going to have a good time together. And you may have seen any announcements. I always like to highlight it, though. This past week, you, I'm not sure if you're aware, but last week we had a, an app or not an ad even, it was an article to the Enterprise about our Hope Restored store, telling about what we've been doing in the community, the money that we've been giving away, and we've been getting a ton of phone calls, I think last week maybe 25 or 30 phone calls, about the store and even people showing up here because for some reason, this, the address of the store was not in the article, but the address of the church was. So we've had people showing up here, and I'm tempted to say, oh, the store opens at Sunday at 10 a.m. You should come on by. Uh, haven't done that, but I do we are telling them the address, or at least it gets them on our property, I guess. Maybe the next step is a Sunday morning at 10. Uh, but, you know, we've been seeing a lot of traction there. This past month, we were able to give $1,767.52 to the Cape Cod Military Support Fund. So I'm meeting with the director uh, on Wednesday, or no, not on Wednesday, on Thursday this week. And uh, she has to kind of get me into the base and all those kinds of things, so that'll be fun. And uh, just, I'm going to visit their, what they call the empowerment center, and show me a little bit of what's going on there. But hey, this is an awesome thing, you know, that we're able to give back to the community and really serve our community, show them that we love them, 
and uh, you've seen some good fruit from that. Now there's one thing true about life, and there's one thing that continues to happen whether we're aware of it or not, whether we recognize it or not. In our lives, there is constant movement. You see, our planet continues to spin on its axis at roughly a thousand miles per hour. You don't feel it, you don't notice it, but our planet is in constant movement. So that means if you're on the planet, guess who's also in constant movement? It's, it's us, whether we know it or not. Even sitting in our chair, there's movement happening. But we don't feel the movement, but yet time continues to march on. Time continues. And as we live our life, we move, we move from one thing to another. And at different stages of life, even, we move from one thing to another. Think of somebody who may, maybe you move from mother to grandmother. You move from single to married. You move from slow to fast, or vice versa. Maybe you move from a full house to an empty nest. From quiet to loud, loud to quiet. From Arizona to Massachusetts. Maybe from Jamaica to America. Moving to, from, moving to someplace, from another place. Life is one big opportunity to go and to move away from one thing to another. And this is foundational for any kind of real change. For any kind of real change in our lives, any kind of real movement in our lives. Sometimes we get the cart before the horse and we want people to change before going from death to life. We think they should live like we think they should live. Or we think maybe they should follow after what we believe. And we expect them to change. But let me share something with you. Let me make this very clear. When you expect death to change, there's one fact that you need to know. There is no change in a corpse. There's only decay. There's no change in a corpse. There's only decay. Reminds me of the story of Lazarus, who was in the tomb for several days. Jesus showed up on the scene, and what did Lazarus' sister say? He stinketh. That's a King James Version. He stinketh. Why? Because something that's dead decays. There's no light in it. And you can't expect something that is dead to change. To change for the better. To suddenly have life apart from Christ. Like the song we sang last week, this is my testimony from death to life. See, when we accept Jesus Christ as our Savior, we are liberated from sin and death to life with Christ. From sin and death to life with Christ. And one of the things that we know about sin is it enslaves us, it traps us, even when we we're not, don't even know it, even when we don't realize it. But Christ came to set us free, right? He came to set us free. In September of 2015, Variety posted that Terry Gilliam, a member of the Monte Python group, had died. The article was accidentally posted and Terry Gilliam was, and is still, very much alive. Terry took the news in stride and apologized to his fans for being dead. 
And the Facebook post, he said, I apologize for being dead, especially to those who already bought tickets to the upcoming talks. And once Variety apologized for the mistake, Twitter made the most of this error. One tweet said, Variety has downgraded Terry Gilliam from dead to merely a flesh wound. <laughs> what makes this story more funny is that Terry is getting, was getting ready to publish his autobiography called Gilliam Mask in October, and his subtitle is Pre-Posthumous Memoir. It reminds me of the Mark Twain quote, the reports of my death have been greatly exaggerated. You see, according to scripture, we were once dead in our sin. Those reports weren't exaggerated. That was realistic. We were once bound by our sin. We were once dead in sin, living in sin. And there may be some of us here today that still feel as if we're dead in our sin. And you still feel bound sin. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 2 says, once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins, you used to live in sin, but like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers of the unseen world. So this morning we're going to talk about going from death to life. From death to life. Did you know that you could be set free from your sin, but still be living as if you were dead in sin? See, there's a difference between being dead in sin and being dead to sin. Death from sin means dead to sin. Now that may sound confusing if you think about that just for a moment. Does it sound like I'm saying to you that you are free to sin? Being death, dead from sin means dead to sin. But the Apostle Paul reminds us that you're not hearing what he's saying here. Maybe you're hearing what you want to hear. I'm free to sin. I can do whatever I want. But in Romans chapter 6, 1 through 4, it says, Well then, should we keep on sinning so that God can show us more and more of his wonderful grace? Of course not. Since we have died to sin, how can we continue to live in? Since we have died to sin, how can we continue to live in? Or have you forgotten that when we were joined with Jesus Christ in baptism, we joined him in his death? For we died and were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also may live new lives. Everybody say new. We're going from death to new life. Death to life. You see, death to sin does not mean we can just keep on sinning. What it means is that sin no longer has a hold on you. No longer has the guilt and shame that's associated with it. No longer holds you back in life. You are no longer held back by your sin because God's grace covers us. All of our shortcomings. All the times that we've messed up. And you can live with confidence, knowing that we are forgiven of that sin. But yet so often, even after being forgiven, we continue to live as if we are dead in our sins. We lose our confidence. The enemy whispers in our ear. The enemy says that we're not good enough. The enemy says that we can, we can never be a really good Christian. 
We can never be a good Christ follower. We can never be used by God. We can never be used for His purposes. We can never have a plan that He has for us. See, you don't have to live in shame or fear. It's okay. When you mess up, you know what you do? You get back up again. The enemy of your soul, when you mess up, would love to sit on your back after you fall. Would love to hold his foot on your back and keep you down. But what do you do? When you find yourself on the floor, you get back up. In the power of Christ's name, you get back up. You ask forgiveness. And then you keep moving forward. It's moving from death to life. This is what it means to go from death to life. Dead in sin, but alive to Christ. From being trapped by sin to living in freedom from sin. So how do we go from death to life? It goes back to the foundational truths of the gospel. The truths that we all, at least those who have accepted Jesus Christ, affirm, say we believe. But are we living as if we believe that the gospel is not just for them out there, but it's for me and it's for you? goes back to these foundational truths. And one of the foundational truths of the gospel is that God has a gift for you. God has a gift for you. God has a gift for us. God has a gift for others. And Tim Keller tells this story about a gift. He says, imagine an an aging man whose hearing is failing, but he continues to blame everybody else. He's in denial. He's blaming everybody else for their mumbling. But finally, his wife says, no, let's get you to a hearing specialist. Let's take a look at what's going on here. And the clear verdict is is that he needs hearing aids. But when he sees what they cost, he's taken back. He says, we can't afford that. But his wife counters and says, buy the best ones and consider it a gift for me. You see, that sounds nice, but the man realizes that to accept the gift is to admit his weakness. To accept the gift is to admit his weakness. It would be like saying, thanks so much for this. Indeed, I am an aging man who can't hear what people are telling me. And nobody wants to admit that. See, God has a gift for each one of us. And there's no way to receive those gifts without first admitting our need. Without first recognizing where we've fallen short, where we've messed up. And this is the gospel at work in us. We don't hear the gospel once and are changed. We continue to hear the gospel because the gospel is new to us every day. The Bible says his mercies are new every morning. Every day being refreshed, living in the gospel, living out the gospel, knowing that we're no longer living in sin. We're living as forgiven. Moving from death to life means that you have to admit your current condition and then receive the gift. Receive the offering of what has been given to you. Receive God's forgiveness. Receive His grace. Of course, what, what is this gift? Every of us know what it is. But we need the reminder. 
We need to be reminded of God's grace in our lives. We need to be reminded of the gospel of Jesus Christ and how it's changed us. John 3, 16. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only Son, so that everything and everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. God sent his Son into the world not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. See, God loved you and me so much that he gave the gift of his son so that we can believe and not have to live in judgment. So that we can be free from the burden of sin hanging over our heads as if it's a boulder about to drop at any moment. We can be free from carrying the weight of sin on our shoulders. Do you remember what it felt like when you have the weight of sin or the weight of a problem that you are carrying on your shoulders. Remember the moment that weight was lifted. Remember the moment when you received God's forgiveness. Do you remember the moment where God answered that prayer? Where a healing took place? Where a loved one finally accepted Jesus Christ? Remember the moment when that burden just came off of you? That's the freedom that we can live in every day when we understand that the gospel is not just for those out there, although it is, but the gospel is also for us. And we need to hear it over and over and over again to be reminded of God's call on our lives, to be reminded of what he has done for us. You know the crucifixion story, you know that he was beaten. He was whipped, he was punched, he was crucified on the cross for our sin, for your sin, for my sin. And we need to be reminded of that. There was a cost to our salvation. There was a life given for our life. He was beaten down so that we could stand, so that we could stand forgiven. So that we could be free. So that we could have life. He came not to judge, but he came to save you and me. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 9 says, God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done, so none of us can boast about it. What does this say to us? Then no matter how many good things you do, you will never be able to earn your salvation. You will never be good enough to earn that salvation. That salvation comes through Jesus Christ and Him alone. We can never do enough good deeds to earn it. We can never do enough good deeds to deserve it. So moving from death to life comes with the realization that we can't do it on our own. That we need help. That we need someone. That we need something. That we need His grace and forgiveness in our lives. And it also brings us to the realization that when you've accepted Jesus Christ, when you've accepted His grace, when you've accepted His forgiveness, when you've accepted that gift, you begin to realize that that gift was not just a gift for you. But that God has a plan for your life much bigger 
than that. You see, we were all created in his image. God created us in his image. And contrary to popular opinion, God didn't just create the earth and leave it to fend for itself. Scripture shows us over and over again God's intervention in human history. God's intervention in the days of man and the times of Israel and the people of Israel and their situation. And even ultimately in the coming of Jesus Christ. It shows us God's concern and how he entered into human history. And we have to walk with some kind of a confidence that no matter what we see with our eyes, that God has a plan for our lives that we're not seeing. That there's something about the next step of life. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. I know the plans I have for you. I know the plans I have for you. Insert your name there just for a second. I know the plans I have for you, John. I know the plans I have for you, Carlos. I know the plans I have for you, Doug. Insert your name there for a second. Let's make this personal. God has a plan for your life. And there are plans for good and not for disaster. To give you a future and a hope. God has a plan for you that's good. When you give your life to Christ, you come to the realization that God has a plan for your life. And there's more to life than just living and dying. There's more to life than just going through the motions. God has you on this planet at this time with the people around you for a reason. As we find in the book of Esther, for such a time as this, God has you here in this season for such a time as this. There's a reason, there's a purpose that you're on this planet at this time. And we sang also in that song, My Testimony. If you're not dead, you're not done. If you're not dead, you're not done. I don't care how old you are or how young you are. God has a plan. God has a purpose. God has good things in store for you. Continue to live out that plan to the day of your last breath. To the day that you go to meet him. Live it out. If you're not dead, you are not done. Our calling is to speak life in this world where there's so much death being spoken. Where there's so much anger and frustration and argument. Name calling. Battling heads. We're called to speak life. We're called to speak God's truth. We're called to speak love. We're called to tell people how you went from death to life. How you went from death to life. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus. And so we can do the good things that he planned for us long ago. God has plans for you. God has appointments for you. Scripture even calls them divine appointments. It's our responsibility to keep the antenna up, to say, and maybe you'd be asking God throughout the day, Lord, is this your appointment for me today? 
Is this who you would have me to speak to today? Is this what is this what I'm supposed to be doing today? We are God's masterpiece. He's created you. He has created you anew in Christ Jesus, so that we can do the good things that He's planned for us long ago. Anybody ever wish that you knew what those good plans were step by step for each day? I remember praying at one time, just seeking God's will, especially when it came to after I graduated from college, trying to figure out where God wanted me to be. And I remember praying, Lord, if you could just give me a checklist, that would be great. Because I would just go down the checklist and do exactly as you say. That would, that would be the easy way. But we know that God takes us through life. And we have to go through processes that change us. Go through processes that mold us. And if you just give us all the answers, what's the point of the test? Right? If you're a teacher or a professor and you just gave all the answers to the students and just had them sit there and fill out the answers, they're not learning anything, are they? And nor would we. If we weren't going through the test, if we weren't going through the trials, if we weren't being challenged, if we weren't being stretched. And lastly, moving from death to life requires a choice. Life is full of choices. Where there used to be so few choices. We are now bombarded with thousands of options for almost any product or anything that we can think of. Or maybe even where to live. We want beaches or mountains. Beaches or desert. Beaches or inland. We want east coast or west coast. We all know the answer to that. East coast, of course. Do we want or like McDonald's french fries or Chick-fil-A's waffle fries? Ford or Chevy? Dodge? Toyota? What about iPhone or Android? Mac versus a PC? bombarded with choices every day. But there's one choice that really matters. One choice that makes all the difference. One choice where everything else lines up with that choice. See, God allows us to choose whether or not we will commit our lives to him. And Joshua 24, 15 says, but if you refuse to serve the Lord, then choose today whom you will serve. Would you prefer the gods of your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates? Or will it be the gods of the Amorites in whose land you now live? But as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. You can choose to serve the gods of this world. You can choose to serve your stuff, your money, your family, your vehicles, you can choose to worship a lot of other things, but there's one choice, this one choice really matters. What you worship matters. As for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. That's the choice that matters. You see, the Bible makes it clear that we do not do things to earn our salvation. No amount of giving or good deeds or kindness means that you're saved and someone else isn't. It has nothing to do with what we do and everything to do with who Jesus is. And Romans 10.9 says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Whether you've been a Christian for 
70 years or whether you've been a Christian for a day, every one of us are sinners. Every one of us falls short. And we can lean on the promise found in Ephesians 2, 8, and 9 and know that it's through God's grace that we have that we have been saved. And man, am I thankful for that grace for all the times I fail. For all the times that I fall. See, the path of salvation begins surrendering your life to Jesus Christ. This is also a path for those of us who have already gone from death to life, because moving from death to life requires us to accept the gift that God has given. Like the man with hearing aids, we have to admit that there's a problem in order to accept that help. God has a plan for you. And you can make the choice right now whether you will live up to this plan for you. It's up to you. And you have a choice. And my question for you this morning is this. Who will you serve? Who will you serve? As for me and my house, as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. And let that be true of your house and family today. Let's pray. Lord, we come before your presence today and we thank you for who you are. And I ask this morning that you would remind us that we don't have to continue to live in death. Remind us that your grace takes us from death to life. Even in the times of our lives where we fall flat on our face and we mess up again. Remind us, Lord, that you came not to judge us, but to give life to us. Give life free from the burden of carrying that sin around, despite being forgiven. All we have to do this morning is to acknowledge our need. Acknowledge your gospel once again, or maybe for the first time. Or maybe re-engage your gospel. And then to receive the gift for us. Lord, this morning, help us to walk confidently knowing that you have a plan for our lives and help us to be all that you've called us to be. This morning, I pray that you would fill us new with your Holy Spirit. Help us to walk in that freedom that you've given, that grace that you've given, and not to live as if we're dead, though we're alive. Help us with this one. Help us when we struggle. Help us when our mind takes us to places that we shouldn't go. Cleanse us, Lord God, today and forgive us. In Jesus' name, amen. And you may be listening here in this room, possibly watching online. And maybe you've never given your life to Jesus Christ. And today you're ready to cross the line a line in the sand and you're ready to make the choice to go from death to life. Jesus Christ can redeem your past and when you feel dead in your sin, he can give you new life. He can give you a purpose for your life from this day forward and he's promised that he would forgive all of your sins, everything that you've done, every time you've messed up. All you have to do is ask him and receive this gift that we talked about.
Receive this gift. Recognize that you're a sinner, that we all are. But this morning, maybe you're saying, I need a brand new start in life. I need a do-over. I need a change. I can't continue living life this way. If you've never surrendered your life to Christ, or you're here in this room, or you're watching online, and you know that you need to renew that relationship, that maybe you've wandered for a time or a season, today is the day of salvation. Today is the day to accept Jesus Christ again. If that's you this morning, I'm going to ask you to pray with me. You don't have to say it out loud, and the words aren't magic, but it's simply meaning them in your heart. Say, Lord, I believe that you died for my sins so that I can be free from the burden of my sin. Today I am choosing life over death. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. I believe you rose again. Forgive me of my sins. Today I give you my life. Make me new right now and fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you said that prayer this morning, I want to encourage you to download an app called YouVersion. And in that app, you can search for a devotional called First Steps for New Believers. And I want to encourage you to take some time to really begin to build your faith. There are first steps that help you to continue to grow. Because you've made a choice today. But now the next step is to continue to live in that choice day by day. Live in the gospel day by day. Live in his grace day by day. So I want to encourage you to read that and read through that plan. But also, I want to encourage you to find a good Bible-believing church that you can be a part of and continue to grow in your faith and plug into that church. If you're watching from local, we'd love to see you here on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. If you're watching from far away, find a church nearby or even call our church here and we'd be happy to help connect you to a church where you can continue to help and grow in your faith. I have that congregation stand this morning. And I want to read over to Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 through 21. And it's not going to be behind me this morning. I want you just to hear this and receive it this morning. Hear it and receive it. It says, when I think of all of this, I fall to my knees and I pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and in earth. I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And you may have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power comes from God. Now, all glory to God, who is able, through his mighty power at work within us, to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus, through all generations, forever and ever. Amen. This morning, go living in the power of God living in you. Go as one that has come alive in Christ. Go living in the love of Christ and go and live out the plan that God has for you. God bless you. Amen. Have a great Sunday. We'll see you tonight at 5.
Look at that. 